Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast, uh, live on the 24-7 Sports Network here with Jason Caldwell. Uh, Jason, it is, it's good to be back. I don't think we've had a show since signing day. Um, obviously, after signing day, we had the holidays, and then I went out to Orlando. You went up to Nashville. Then we met up and went out to San Antonio for the All-American Bowl. Um, so we've been all over the place, and then I was sick um, coming back from San Antonio. So now we're finally back. Um, Duke should be joining us hopefully tonight at some point as well. Um, but we have plenty of stuff to talk about after they had uh, a mini junior day. They weren't, they weren't calling it a junior day, but there were 15 guys on campus this weekend, including a, uh, a preferred walk on running back and a transfer guy. And then 13, 2025 guys. So uh, kind of an elite event, I guess you could call it. I don't know. I don't know what you want to call it, but it was, yeah. it was good. And then um, the news of Monday was that Auburn picked up that transfer. Jaron Thompson, who, from the minute that he stepped on Texas's campus um, four years ago, was a contributor. He played on that defense, started on that defense for a good little bit there. Um, has been really, really productive at the safety position. And after Jalen Simpson and Zion Puckett depart, Auburn brings in Jaron Thompson um, through the transfer portal here on Monday. Yeah, um, veteran guy, a guy that was a you know a, a top two hundred player coming out of high school out of Lufkin, Texas, and obviously. Uh, you know, guy that's again has played a lot of football, and you think about Auburn, um, think about needs, um, and kind of how this roster is going to fit together. Obviously, with Keontae Scott coming back, um, Kay and Lee coming back, you've got some guys that have played. Obviously, Keontae Scott's played a lot of football, and you think about okay, corners probably a little easier to, to kind of edge into and ease into than the safety spot because of all the things that are required. You think about a guy that's played so much football, and you think about, you know, obviously Donovan Kaufman's a guy that's back. How does he fit into kind of this scheme? Uh, what will it be? You know, that's still still waiting on some of those things as well. Um, but Jaron Thompson's a guy that gives you a ton of experience, a guy that's played a lot of football, uh, is a good combination safety. He's he's not a true downhill 220-pound safety, but he's also not a 185-pound cover guy either. He's a guy that can do a lot of different things. He's been really productive. So – I think it's an important player from experience standpoint and gives you another one of those guys to, to kind of slide into that role for this Auburn secondary in 2024. Yes, you've got him. Um, he is your eighth portal pickup, I believe, because Percy Lewis was number seven, if I remember correctly. We haven't even talked about him. We haven't talked about a good bit of the transfer guys, but right. Percy Lewis was a really quality pickup to shore up that offensive line, um, the former Mississippi State offensive tackle. Nathan covered that one while we were out in San Antonio. Um, he had that one locked up. So Auburn has eight through the portal. Um, still keeping our eyes on really only one name as of right now, and that's Antonio Kite, um, the former defensive back out of Alabama. Um, Charles Kelly recruited him to Alabama. Obviously, Charles Kelly is now back home at Auburn. Um, and so because of that, we're keeping an eye on Antonio Kite. He entered the portal a couple of days ago. So he could be maybe number nine um, as Auburn is – coming up on that 85 scholarship limit and you also have to save space um, for potentially Ryan Williams. Um, Dimitri Nicholas still hasn't signed as well. We'll see what happens there. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, after the spring, there will be more attrition as well. We're going to welcome in Dukes as well. Dukes, what's up? Hey, what's going on, man? Not much, not much. How about you? Uh, you know, just uh, kind of going over some of the stuff that Auburn, um, man, what a week in Auburn, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, 
it's crazy. It's crazy everywhere. I, I talk to folks that cover other schools and everybody's dealing with it in some form or fashion. And we you kind of feel like it cause it's, it's, it's us and it's, it's close to home. It feels crazy. And then you think about everybody, it, it, everybody's dealing with this. And then you think about when, you, when you, Nick Saban, that everything that's happened because of that, the, you know, just, okay, well, that's 30 days. Well, then Washington has 30 days. Now Arizona has 30 days. And so you got all these things. Jim Harbaugh, I would expect to be, you know, Christian's next head coach of the LA Chargers or somewhere along the line. Then you'll have 30 days for a Michigan roster. And um, it is the the unfairness, but the absolute insanity of this calendar now that we, we have. And um, it's crazy because, you know, we were told and thought at one time that, you know, Wednesday, that's that's kind of the day for Auburn. you got to get everybody in by the 17th. And they were like, no, it, it can go a little bit later than that. And so I don't know that there's an actual date um, for guys to get into school now. Uh, it's going to be much later than Wednesday. And so there's still – this thing's going to carry on for a little while. Um, yeah, I think the last day is whatever the drop date is. I think it's something like that. Like, Chris, you, you've been in school um, way more recently than me. Um, Technically. <laughs> when when like so what was it like what was the final drop date was it 10 days after the start uh so looking at the looking at the class calendar right now the 15th class day which is january 31st is the last day to drop a course it's so not far be... from that as long as you can get into school and be registered it's not yeah. far from that date it says 17th is the last day to add a course, but I think that's for people who have already enrolled and maybe I, I think there's going to, there's going to be, it's going to be more than a 17th. I don't know what they, yeah. they're going to have some other time. I would guess at least another week or so from that. So um, it's crazy. Um, but, you know, you start looking at Chris, you mentioned Percy Lewis and uh, we need to give him some, some love because that's an important part of this one for Auburn. Um, when you, we've been talking about since they walked off the field in Nashville, trying to find an offensive tackle so Dylan Wade can move inside. And it's funny because ran into Dylan Wade the other day, and, and I said, "You do know you scared everyone to death with your peace sign." And he just started laughing. He goes, "Yeah, I mean, I was just talking about leaving Houston and, and heading back to Auburn." I said, "Well, you, you you scared everybody from you know fans to you know coaches probably and teammates." And he's like, "No, nah, I'm just just you know." talking about I was coming back to, to school and leaving Houston. But I, I think he's a guy that benefits as much as anyone moving inside the guard. And, you know, this is a Kendall Simmons situation. Kendall Simmons got had to play tackle when he got to Auburn, moved inside the guard, gets drafted, goes to Steelers and has, has an NFL career. The same situation. I, I think Dylan Wade, the guy that will excel at guard, and NFL teams are going to go, hey, can you snap the football? Because if you can, you might play center. And he has, he has the look of uh, of and build and frame of of you know the kids that the, the twins that played at Florida that one of us was a starting center for the Sealers. I, I just went blank with the play with Pouncy. Pouncy. That's who he reminds me of from a frame standpoint. Um, but you look at the, the you look at all of a sudden at Auburn's offensive tackles, and you look at at. You know, Percy Lewis, the guy that weighed 380, 390 pounds a few years ago, and now it's a guy that's 340 and looks, you know, looks really good. You say, okay, that guy plays left tackle. And you got 
Tyler Johnson, who they feel really good about, say, okay, now you got another year to get seasoning and play and, and get some look at right tackle. And, you know, obviously too tall is back and, and you got, you know, junior college edition there. And then we, we laid eyes on Edwin favor. I mean, favor Edwin the other day and Dukes, he's almost 320 pounds. I mean, it does not look like the same kid. I mean, he has already gotten so much bigger. So you look at Auburn's offensive tackles now, and all of a sudden you go 6'7", 320, 6'5", 320, 6'7", 315, 6'8", 345, and athletic and big guys, and how quickly things have changed for that group in just a matter of moments. Um, unbelievable job that they've done in, in rebuilding this offensive line. Yeah, well, I mean, that leads us perfectly into the first question that was in the chat. Um, someone was asking about Dontrell Glover, um, the Alabama commit from Langston Hughes. That's him uh, next to Jake Thornton on the left side in the picture. Tavares Dice on the right side. The one on the far left is their other teammate at Langston Hughes. Cam is his first name. Dukes, help me out. I can't remember his last name off the top of my head. Cam something. Yeah. I thought that was a mirror, but uh, it could be somebody different. Um, yeah, it was Cam. We looked him up Saturday, and I can't. I'll look him up, and I can't remember who. It okay. Was. Oh, but he, he plays guard, I believe. Uh, yeah. Okay. He, he, he's the other guard. I don't know. Cam him. Williams. Cam Williams. Cam Williams. Yeah, he came from uh, South. He came from South Georgia. But yeah, uh, and, go ahead. Yeah, I was saying, and Cam Williams, a guy that probably not. I mean, not going to be an Auburn guy, but he came along with it. He's a guy that's good enough to play college football, but I mean, he's listed it. 6'3", 290 or so. He's probably 6'2", but it gives you an idea of the size of this Langston Hughes offensive line heading into next year. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. No, absolutely. Um, there's a guy who wasn't lit, who didn't come, uh, Caleb Ash, 6'6", 6'7", 290. I think Arizona State just got involved. Uh, Auburn, I think, um, would be interested in a PWO-type deal for him. But, uh, yeah, but as far as the main two that we're talking about, uh, Dontrell Glover, and uh, Tavares Dice, uh, man, Donnie uh, sent me a text. He said, still feels like home. And uh, they, he, he, he posted a picture, and the song behind the picture is switched up. And the Alabama fans go crazy. It's like, oh, you're leaving too soon. And I think uh, he's going to be a guy. Uh, they're starting to realize that they want to play together, uh, Donnie and uh, Dice. And I think that uh, Donnie is somebody who's a true guard. Uh, he used to play offensive tackle. If you see him now, he's filled out a lot from the last time you saw him when he was coming up as a 10th grader. Now he's starting to look like a mauler. I don't think I've seen a, a, a offensive lineman as nasty as him at that age when it comes to just being a physical, aggressive, block-finishing type guy. Um, I think Auburn has a great shot. He's always liked Auburn. Uh, he was the youngest one when those Langston Hughes guys used to come with Air and Bo Hughley and Terrence Love and all of those guys. He was the baby of the group. Now it's his turn. He's visited Auburn almost 10 times. Um, and I think he's visited Auburn more than he's visited Alabama. Uh, had to get over last year where he didn't get uh, – nobody talked to him really at uh, the 8 day game. And I think uh, from what I heard, uh, Coach Thornton was really, really adamant about saying, hey, you're a guy that we want. Uh, you, you're, you've hit the size requirement that we want for our guards. Uh, we just wanted to know, you know, how that was going to work. And so, yeah, I think uh, he's going to be a guy that absolutely Auburn is going to set their targets on to somebody on the inside, on the, on the interior. You think about a guy his size who can come out and pull on the other side, having maybe like a DeAndre Carter at that guy, at that side. 
So when you think about the way that Auburn is constructing their offensive line with those long, lengthy, pass protecting type offensive tackles, and you go into your guards, and you got you get into the six three six four mauler range and you look at what georgia's bringing in on the defensive line you look at what alabama's bringing in on the defensive line you can compete and that's somewhere that we haven't been able to compete or auburn hasn't been able to compete as much as they've wanted to previously so yeah definitely get involved in the 25 class early is super important and you'll see more and more guys coming in the next coming weeks well, Dukes, I don't know if you saw the news, but our Bama 247 guy, Brett Greenberg, reported about an hour ago or so that that uh, Donnie actually told him he was decommitting from Alabama. Um, now, oh, he did? Now, now Donnie hasn't posted anything on social media about that, um, but that was what he told Brett Greenberg, and Brett reported it. Um, so, that look, even if it hasn't gone official quite yet, it's definitely kind of been trending that direction as the staff overturns in Alabama, which – I must say, it's nice to not be covering a coaching change in the state of Alabama um, this time around. Hey, man. <laughs> Donnie said, oh, yeah, okay. Well, if Donnie said that, then you can almost I, – I would be looking at both of those guys to commit because I got the same text from both of them. And uh, I know they want to play together at this point. Um, they've been able to solidify that side of the offensive line at Langston Hughes for the past year. If you watch them against Carrollton, you watch them when they had those games that they were public – they absolutely maul people together. So um, I think that would be a huge pickup for Auburn if they were able to uh, garner those commitments. There was a uh, a recruit that I was talking about that was close to committing about a month ago, a month and a half ago. It was absolutely Tavares Dice. Uh, and I talked to these kids, pretty uh, these recruits pretty frequently. So, yeah, I, I would I did not know that. Um, I have been watching the NFL. So, no, that's <laughs> – yeah. You know what? And it, it it's We just talked about offensive line and – we we got we'll we got a lot to talk about still with some of the guys and we can talk about some of the all star guys we saw but I, I think there's a opportunity now for Auburn to do something that they haven't done on the offensive line probably since the days of um, Ryan Pugh and Lee Zimba and and, and that mm. group that, that were were part of a, a national championship it's been it's been that long since we you saw Auburn sign five or six high school offensive linemen that had a chance to come in and do that's the opportunity they have right now. Spencer Dolan's already committed. Christian, he was in this past weekend. Mal Walter right there was in this past weekend. We just mentioned the two kids from Langston Hughes. Micah but, DeBose, Braden yeah, Jacobs. Micah DeBose, uh, Braden Jacobs, the son of Brandon Jacobs. Uh, Cortez and, Smith from Parkview. Car, Carday Smith from, from down in, in Mobile. There, Auburn has a legit opportunity to go out and get five or six elite offensive linemen in a class. All in their bubble too. Yes, and and that's the thing, and it's 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 kind of what we talked about some in this past class. Going look, they they don't want to reach in twenty twenty four because there's so many good players in this class, and they don't have to go very far to get them. And so you've got guys that have been on campus. You can get on campus and, and get back on campus, and it's going to be one of the things that we saw last year: skill guys, skill guys, skill guys. Now. You always got to get them. Uh, but I think offensive line, running back this year, quarterback's always going to be there. D-line. But I think it's going to be line of scrimmage heavy in this class and, and and trying to build it in addition to – like this year they still had to go portal to kind of get you through the gaps. Now you go, hey, look, we want to be high school heavy and build those guys for the, for the future, and, and you got an opportunity to do that. 
Jason, you got a chance to talk with Mal. Um, and if you missed that story, it's up on AuburnUndercover.com. It was up yesterday. Um, but just a quick recap, quick notes. He said that Auburn was really one or two in his recruitment right now. And yeah. he's going to go see Clemson at the end of the month. And it seems like it's really down to those two. And it might be not long after that. Yeah, I think it's those two schools. I really do. Um, you know, Alabama background for Mal, uh, from a family standpoint. But um, Auburn and Clemson are the two schools that kind of have, have – kind of tied in and zeroed in there. Um, guy that plays left tackle at Central Phoenix City could be a guy that slides inside the guard eventually. Um, good enough to probably play right tackle if you wanted him to. But but just just continues to develop. He was so much better. Chris, we saw him day one. We saw him day one after moving from a small private school in Georgia to Central Phoenix City, and all of a sudden you got, okay, you got a bunch of guys over here that look a lot different than the guys you played before. From day one, we saw him to the end of the year was so much better. And now he's got an opportunity to take the next step too. Um, but yeah, I think it's an Auburn Clemson battle for him. And um, I don't expect it to be much longer. I would guess maybe the next month or two uh, sometime this spring, I would, I would, I would imagine that he will make a decision. Hit some of the questions here from the chat. Um, one from Steven D line portal possibilities. No one that we know of right now, you've already got engaged keys. You got Trill Carter from Texas as well. Um, Dimitri Nicholas is obviously committed but not signed in the 2024 class. Still remains to be seen what happens with him in terms of whether or not Auburn ends up deciding to sign him or not. Um, but if you're Auburn, you, you see who enters the portal from some of these other schools with coaching changes, maybe try and add some of those. And I think you're fine waiting until the spring a little bit. D-line is a very easy plug-and-play spot in terms of I mean, you got Jalen McLeod last year. That's the edge, obviously, but you could go out and get a D lineman in the post spring portal and feel pretty comfortable about it um, as well. Question here from Will asking about Will Rogers. Um, could we land Will Rogers? Haven't heard anything about it. I don't think that's. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel like that's that would be a possibility. Now, you never say never, um, but it doesn't feel like that's one that that Auburn would pursue at this moment. Uh, I think they feel like hey got a guy right now in, in Peyton Thorne that that gives you what Will Rogers gives you. Um, obviously, different offense, but Will Rogers, a guy that, that coming back off an injury did not look the same last year um, at Mississippi State. Obviously, it's a different offense, but it's a similar offense to what, what Auburn will be playing, and, and it, it wasn't a great fit. Uh, Will Rogers, a guy that played air raid growing up, played air raid at Mississippi State, and did not look – to be the same guy when, when they went into a, a more traditional style offense. So I, I don't expect that one to happen. Like I said, never say never, but right now I don't think so. I'm going to let y'all attack this one question from Kyle, of course, um, on Ryan Williams asking if Auburn is the favorite. The only thing I'll say right now is that I think as of January 15th, at the time of recording this, I think Auburn has a slight lead, but we'll see what happens. He visited Texas A&M. He's going to go see LSU this week. He's going to go see Bama this weekend. Um, he's still going to go see Texas, and then Auburn gets the last visit. Um, and as of right now, I think Auburn leads, but I think there's still light years to go in this recruitment. That's a long way. That's a long way from now to February 9th, and a lot of a lot of schools to traverse between now and then. If you're Auburn, um, I, I think the the greatest thing Auburn has going for it right now is the other four guys already on campus. Or excuse me. Four guys already signed, two already on campus, two coming. Those those guys having bonded together to recruit and really this entire class and heck half the roster recruiting Ryan Williams. 
I think that love is important, but it's going to be, like I said, a long, I think it's a long way to go between now and February night, but I still felt like Auburn was, was right there. And I, I, I think that'll be the case. Yeah. I think um, it's going to come down. I think once this coaching carousel stops, and you find out who's going to be where, I think then you'll also kind of see Ryan kind of kind of lean into his decision a little bit more. Like, uh, I'm not sure if uh, T-Rob uh, actually said he's not going back to Alabama after Georgia, but I would think that uh, him being his lead recruiter at Alabama, uh, he probably would try to get Georgia involved if that hasn't happened already. You got uh, Texas A&M. Excuse me. <coughs> um. What what? How does that look if Texas A&M were to get a Zach Etheridge? Uh, like if something like that were to happen, like how does that Texas A&M look different? Um, what happens at Alabama? Who? What do they do at wide receiver? How does he mesh with their? Uh, you've already bringing you're already bringing in a wide uh, excuse me a uh, offensive coordinator from the West Coast. You know they're going to go get somebody who's familiar with the lay of the land. What if Damian Craig ends up at Alabama? Who knows, right? So people that have those relationships uh, with Ryan previously, where they end up, I'm pretty sure is going to have some type of impact on his recruitment. So right now, probably Auburn has the most ability when it comes to the coach that's been recruiting him in the same position as the wide receiver coach has. And the guy who's going to be calling it is already in place with Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze has been recruiting him uh, a very long time. Texas A&M, Elko, uh, Kalen DeBoer, Alabama. Um, a lot of uncertainty around LSU. If Harbaugh gets that NFL job, uh, Brian Kelly will probably be the lead guy that they would be looking to hire. So just a lot of uncertainty in the coaching in the coaching realm. So I think that's going to have a, a huge impact on our Ryan's final decision. Yeah, I mean, Dukes, you brought it up. I think if you're Auburn, or if you're an Auburn fan, you at least feel good that you're the school in the spot that has some of the most stability. Texas, maybe as well. Texas is the school that, as of right now, I'm viewing as the biggest competitor for Auburn. You know, it, it can change a lot, but I think Texas with Steve Sarkeesian, with his quarterback, K.J. Lacey, committed there in the 2025 class. I think Texas is the biggest competition. Um, but like I said, things can change quite a bit. Question from Jonathan. Um, OC and DC updates. Jason, you wrote about this a little bit earlier today in your Monday morning quarterback. Yeah, um, I still feel like Auburn is is in pursuit of Derek Nix. I don't think that's changed. Um these things take a while and, and we'll see if that winds up ha- happening and, 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 and he does come on. One thing we, we know, we know that he free is going to be the guy that calls plays. He's going to be, you know, a guy that, that is heavily involved in the offense. And I think more consistently than he was this season. I think that's, that is the first and foremost thing we know. I think we feel pretty certain that Ken Austin is going to be on the field as Auburn's quarterback coach at a minimum, uh, a guy that has, and 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 when when you say moving on the field, folks might go, well, an analyst, how you moving? This is a very very similar situation. Now he's not as known as you know a Steve Sarkeesian or these guys that have, that have done those things before, but this guy that has been an OC and a head coach in the CFL, who's been an OC in in the Southeastern Conference. This guy has a a strong quarterback history and offensive history. So it's a guy that he freeze trust. So I think Ken Austin is going to be there. We'll see about Derek Nix. I still think that one is in play. Um, and then, you know, defensively, we've heard a lot. We've heard a lot of different things. We've heard Chris Giffen. We've heard that name. Uh, Chris Giffen, obviously, the Houston Texans, one, will be playing again. Defensive line coach there. He was with Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss uh, as a defensive line coach. 
and a defensive recruiting coordinator. He was really involved in guys like Robert Kendici and some of those other guys that that you know really turned Ole Miss around from a defensive standpoint during that Heafreeze era. Um, that's a guy I, I think still to pay attention to. But I, I think there's some guys out there that that maybe um, are a little bit under the radar that um, are quietly being looked at. We've we've heard Deeks mentioned it. The the carousel impacts everybody, and it impacts everybody from multiple schools all over because you start to go, okay, if you're at another school and you you don't want people to know that you're interviewing because it impacts you at your current school, and so you want to be as quiet as possible. Usually when it gets out, there's one of two reasons. Either that's who it is or, hey, I need, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a bump at the, my current school because they really want to keep me, those kind of, kind of things. It's been pretty quiet on this end, which makes me think there's a couple of guys out there that are seriously considering this one they're looking at. So I, I think there's going to be a name or two pop up, but I, I think it's going to be this week. I, I would expect something to happen from both, both those coordinator sides sometime this week. Um, today was a holiday, so that kind of slows it down a little bit from an administrative standpoint. But I wouldn't be surprised to see things start to, to kick into to a little bit higher gear tomorrow. I'll hit this question, then we can touch on some of the other 25s that were on campus. Um, how are you feeling about Alvin Henderson after losing Caddy? Wish he had visited with the other 2025 prospects. Um, Alvin Henderson visited Georgia this weekend. I think he's also going to Penn State and Miami um, this month as well. Look, to answer that question, you know, I talked to Alvin for a little bit and had a story up on AuburnUndercover.com. Until Auburn gets a running back coach in place, I can't really tell you because that guy's going to have his own targets. Um, feels like Alvin Henderson will still be a target for Auburn. Hugh Freeze has already invested time in this recruitment. I'd be willing to bet Alvin Henderson has talked with Hugh Freeze since uh, Cadillac has left. I talked with Alvin you know, 10 minutes after the Cadillac news came out. Um, but until a new running back coach is in place, not really going to be entirely sure there. But we do know Alvin Henderson likes Auburn quite a bit, just as Auburn as well. Um, people were asking about the other 2025s that are on campus. So we've got a couple more to hit on here. Let's go with – let's start here. We'll talk about wide receivers. Um, Derek Smith, he was back on campus. Um, Dukes and Jason, this is – I don't think it's a stretch to say this is Auburn's number one target as of right now in 2025 at wide receiver. Um, Derek Smith, you know, he said afterwards that he was talking with Coach Marcus and Coach Marcus was saying he wants him and he wants him really badly. Um, and we've gotten to see him play. And, you know, it's it's obvious why Auburn wants him pretty badly. Yeah, he's, he's a – Freak show from an athletic standpoint. Um, kind of reminds you, reminds me a little bit of Keontae Scott athletically because Keontae Scott's a guy that you go like, you feel like he could probably play five different positions. He could probably play wide receiver. It could, it could do – Derek Smith's the same thing. You go watch play wide receiver and you go, well, you know he could play running back, probably play quarterback. This guy, Christian, when we, I want you to find his stats to, to give people an idea. Well, but he, he was a safety – as a freshman and sophomore last year, we saw him and he was playing more of that nickel outside linebacker and, and rushing the passer. He, he, it's just unbelievable. And he has done it everywhere. And a guy that I think when he gets to college and he's just a wide receiver and he's just a football player, then you, you see him, I think, take some incredible strides. Here's his stats. And this is a mouthful. In the last three seasons in high school football for him, 4,075 receiving yards and 30 receiving touchdowns. He ran for over 1,000 yards as a sophomore and junior, 
with 17 rushing touchdowns combined between those two years. Defensively, he has 268 tackles, 29 tackles for loss, 16 sacks, 21 interceptions, and 14 pass breakups over three years. It's it, it's one of the most insane stat lines you'll see in terms of – I mean, Jason, we saw him play. He never left the field until the yeah. game was out of hand there in the fourth quarter. And yep. he was still moving at an incredibly high rate. Yep. No, he's he's got you know outstanding basketball. His brother, twin brother, is is a, is a big time basketball player, six six, but plays wide receiver. I think he'll end up being a a hybrid tight end playing football on the next level. Um, Eric Smith. So it, it's a you know it, it's a really important guy in my opinion. I think a guy that has so much upside. He it's it's a it's a Malcolm Simmons type situation a little bit where you just watch him and go, man, when when everything falls into place and he's able to really focus on this, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and he said Auburn was top two for him. Um, I think personally Auburn is one right now, but I think there's still a ways to go in his recruitment. I don't think it's even close to being finished quite yet, but I do think Auburn sits in a very good spot. And if Marcus Davis puts a priority on a guy, based on the 2024 class, you probably feel pretty good about Marcus Davis landing that guy. Speaking of guys that – on Auburn staff, they recruit really, really well. Josh Aldridge, um, and he's put a lot of emphasis on Eric Winters, who was also back on campus this weekend. Um, Dukes, the enterprise linebacker. Um, I think he's like the number 34 player in the country, something like that. He's top 40, I know that for sure. Um, and he said it's really down to Auburn and Georgia. Um, he's going to visit Georgia, I believe, February 3rd, that Saturday. Um, and then he wants to have a decision sometime early this spring. So he's another February um, decision candidate, and this would be – this would be another huge pickup for the 2025 class Dukes. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, when you look at Jaden Perlotti, um, Eric Winters, you look at that 25 uh, class where Auburn is going head to head against Georgia in multiple situations, they're going to win one. And uh, I don't know which one it'll be. Could they win both possibly? But I don't think uh, these two guys go to the same school. They're really similar in in the way they play. Uh, The athleticism uh, just pops off the tape when you go watch them. Uh, I, I'm excited to see winners at the UA camp to see him really like rev it up and just go against some of the top competition in the pass rush. That's one thing I also wanted to see is can he get to the quarterback? Because when you watch him in high school, he can do whatever he wants to do on the field. Um, is he going to be able to develop a, a secondary move to get to the quarterback? But as far as in pass coverage, he's he's exactly what you want. Uh, he's somebody that three down, true three down linebacker. You can leave him on the field. Run, he can cover a wheel. He can carry the wheel for you just to get to the sec, to the second level if you're playing zone. So I think he's a really important pickup, especially with the way Auburn needs to put that, that fence back around Alabama. Whereas previously, Auburn would dip into so many states because what was that? What, what class was that? Maybe two or three years ago out of the top 14 players in Alabama, Auburn got two out of 14. Like that can't happen again. And so being this is how this is how you avoid that. You get in on guys early and you stay consistent. And I think Eric Winters is a guy. If I had to, if I had to pick uh between Auburn and Georgia, I would, if today I would go Auburn. Yeah, I have a crystal ball in for Auburn here. I just think this is a guy that Josh Aldridge is gonna get. I think they put in a ton of work here, so I think they're gonna get him. Um, but we'll see how things go over the next month. And then the last one is a big collection of guys. Um, a lot of them already committed. Um, left to right in this picture, you've got Malik Autry, who is Auburn's first 25 commit. You have CJ May, the Notre Dame edge commit from Highland Home. Defensive line coach Jeremy Garrett there. 
And then to his right, you have Antonio Coleman, who recently flipped from Alabama to Auburn. Kalen Edwards um, from Tennessee, who is committed to Auburn. And then Zion Grady, the five-star edge, also now at Enterprise. Um, teammates with Eric Winters now, um, who is committed to Alabama, but he was on campus this weekend. Jason and Dukes, I want you all to both kind of touch on this. The, the D-line class in general, we touched on the line of scrimmage earlier and it being big for Auburn in 2025. Half of Auburn's eight commitments are D-line right now. The only D-line commit that wasn't on campus this weekend was Jordan Crawford. Um, and he was supposed to visit, but he decided to wait until his teammate, Naeem Offord, the five-star cornerback, could visit with him as well. Um, so he'll be down here soon as well. But you've really got your 25 D-line class almost set. You had Andrew Maddox uh, from Oak Grove High School in for a visit. Kind of feels like he could be that fifth and final guy as Jeremy Garrett absolutely loads up. I mean, it's January 15th. And Jeremy Garrett has like one guy left on the board in terms of interior defensive linemen. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and obviously you look in kind of the combination group here with, with, with Zion in there as a true pass rusher, a guy that's more of a jack linebacker. But um, this is a group that um, you know, CJ May, I think, is going to be a he's, – he's probably more of a jack right now, but it's a big physical kid committed to Notre Dame. Um, this is a group that has – a bunch of big dudes in it. This reminds me of watching what Alabama and Georgia have done multiple times in the last 15 years. Alabama 15 years, Georgia the last seven or so years, going out and getting guys like this on defensive line. That's that's what this reminds me of because that's where it starts. Um, you can have all those skill guys you want to. You can have all those guys, but if you can't – and and it's the, the the important thing. Pass rusher are, are great, and you've got to have them. But if you have interior guys that can create havoc, you don't have to have as many of those guys outside. And it's great if you do. But but Georgia won multiple national championships and did not have an elite, elite edge pass rusher. They had dudes in the middle that just created havoc all over the place. You know, so um, – that's what this group has the potential to be. Yeah, I think um, this goes to show you what a change of philosophy can do uh, to be this far ahead on a 25 class. And yes, it's a long time. You got to, you got to recruit them for another year, but even having guys in their heads saying, I want to be a part of this, this early in the cycle, I think is an amazing, an amazing job by Jeremy Garrett. And when, for, and from everything I hear about Garrett, and even the times that I've spoken with him, he, he's the perfect fit for Auburn, uh, a Mississippi guy. Um, he can give you that down-home talk. He relates to the culture. If you see – I mean, you just look at the kids. I mean, the sunglasses, the retro vibe, he fits right in. Looks like a cool big brother or something. And I think that goes a long way when it comes to recruiting guys. And, and because whether people want to admit it or not, college football is changing by the day. And you have to have guys who are able to relate to 17 to 18-year-olds I got a 17, 18-year-old niece right now, and I don't know what the heck she's thinking on a day-to-day basis. So I can imagine, only imagine, if you look at these guys, what Jeremy Garrett has to deal with in order to recruit them. And I think that it's amazing at the job that he's been able to do to kind of turn that over from what we've seen previously. Now, two, three years ago, when you looked at Auburn's defensive line class, you really didn't get your guys until almost a week or two before signing day. I mean, it was nobody was openly saying, hey, I want to be a part of this. And I think that Jerry B. Garrett has done a really, really good job. And I think you can see the uh, the, the tides starting to turn in Auburn's favor when it comes to being 
uh, an it quote unquote place. I think we'll wrap it up here, Jason. I want you to touch on um, some of the basketball visitors, including uh, Malik Thomas, I think his name is, who was on campus for an official visit. Um, and we'll close it out there. Yeah. Um, obviously, you start with with Malik, um, five star, one of the top six or seven players in the country, and um, you know just a, an elite player. When you look at him, this is a guy that has offers from really all over the country. Uh, when you start talking about him. Um, and, and looking at what he does, I mean, he is a uh, he's a scorer, can do everything that you need to do, and um, and so I, I think you know he is a uh, a guy that is right there on Auburn's radar. Uh, I think when you start talking about what he brings to the table, um, guy from Pennsylvania, um, 6'4", you know, one seventy five, one eighty, but has offers from I mean every major school in the country, and you start. You start talking about, you know, you know, and who would have ever thought? I mean, and we're now where we're we're in this game. We go. You look at his 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 list of schools, and it's Auburn, Kentucky, UConn, Duke, Indiana, and who's who. I mean, that, that's incredible to think about. That's where Auburn is in terms of basketball. But um, I think Auburn has a shot. He's he's been, you know, multiple times. Was back on campus, and and you know, for that official visit. So I think that's a. Uh, that's a, a good starting point there. Tyler Jackson is a, another five-star. This He's a point guard, plays at overtime elite with uh, with Auburn signee Ja'Kai Howard, who those, both those guys were in for unofficial visits. Um, and Ja'Kai is is one of the most electric players in the country at 6'6", you know, 175, 180 pounds. He said, hey, now I, I see I need to get bigger and more physical. And so I think that was probably the, the thing for him. But, you know, he was in and uh, I think a really talented player and, Obviously, Tyler Jackson is a guy that has, I mean, he's got, what, a dozen or so offers. Um, it's been offered a few times and I think is a absolutely a player to watch um, when you start talking about, um, you know, you know, guys' targets in this class. And so I think that's one of the guys that, that you pay attention to a little bit. But, you know, there's an in-state kid that was in as well. Um, Simon Walker is a 6'4", 6'5", guard uh, that can play, a really good player. So they – once again, they continue to get those guys on campus that are all big time players. Simon Walker is a guy that played Huntsville High School is 22 and one, 23 and one, something like that. Got several guys. He averages 14, 15 a game, doesn't have to shoot it all the time, but it can score, uh, can do a lot of different things. And so I think those are guys to watch. But you know, Malik Thomas is, is one of the best of the best. Um, and, you know, I think just watching them continue to get those guys on campus is, it's a big deal. You got to have players. Uh, we just talked about it, and we've talked about it for years ad nauseum in, in football and, you know, showing up in basketball too, the depth of roster, Auburn's roster this year, the depth of that roster and and having guys at every position that can play. And, and you know, this is a, another group that came in this past weekend that um, obviously if Bruce Burke could get a couple of those guys to go along with what, um, what you have. The question is what – you don't know what your roster looks like next year. Um, but you start signing guys like that and you feel good, pretty good about finding some pieces to put around them. Hit this one from Red super quick. He was the first guy in the chat, so I want to make sure I, we get his question. Um, what if Auburn flips KJ Lacey? Could that possibly help us get Ryan Williams? Absolutely would help with Ryan Williams. Will Auburn be able to do that in general? That's the question. Will Auburn be able to do that before February 9th? Seems like it's a little bit of a tight timeline there for Auburn to pull it off, but they have been working KJ Lacey pretty hard. 
Um, he is not scheduled to visit to Auburn, but I would definitely anticipate him coming up um, that weekend that Ryan Williams is there, um, the weekend of February 2nd. I feel like he'll be there. They'll probably bring guys in that Saturday like they've been doing every Saturday. And I'm I'm sure Auburn will line it up where KJ Lacey is there with Ryan Williams. Um, so just wanted to touch on that one real quick. Also, definitely need to make sure this chat comes up to the front. Um, dookie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your scoops just hypnotize me. Might be the best YouTube comment we've gotten on here during a live stream. That's definitely one of my favorites. So shout out to Brian for that. Um, someone in the chat talking about Kane Womack. Um, yeah, I think Alabama just zeroed in on him and is going to hire him as the defensive coordinator. Uh, but anything else that we really missed? I don't I don't think so. I think we've touched on most no, everything. We, we didn't talk a whole lot about um, – and I, I think maybe this is two, two, two or three minutes on the all-star game and kind of just some quick evals. Uh, Christian, obviously you were in, in Orlando, Cam Coleman, one of the stars there, not a surprise. Yep. We've watched him enough. That That is absolutely not a surprise to anyone. Um, our time in San Antonio, um, Walker White, we've seen Walker White. We watched him play. We talked to him, heard about him. I was really impressed by the way he handled himself in an all-star game setting at quarterback. Physically, the guy's right there and ready to go. I think he's a guy that has an opportunity to come in and compete right away. Um, now, he's a true freshman, but he's on campus. Christian, we saw some fun guys. I don't know that anybody impressed me more than DeAndre Carter uh, in that all-star game. He won't have to play as a true freshman offensive lineman. He was not in early. But DeAndre Carter is a football player that when he gets at Auburn in strength conditioning program and kind of you know trims down, just I think he's going to be a superstar offensive lineman for Auburn. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, Jason, you had the story. Um, talked with some of his teammates out there at Modern Day. Um, I think my, one of my favorite quotes of all time was his defensive line teammate, who's obviously been going up against him in practice, Aiden Breland a five-star who signed with Oregon. He said that he's just a big dancing bear. Um, and you can take that however you want, but it was it was a great quote. Um, and his running back talked about him very highly as well. Someone in the yeah. chat, is Carter a tackler guard? He's a guard in college, he, definitely. He yeah, played he, tackle in the game, but he's a guard. I think it's I think it'd be similar to a guy like Dylan Wade, where you go like down the line, if he had to have him play tackle, I think it'd be fine. He played tackle out there against the best of the best and, and more than held his own. I think he's more of a classic you know, right guard. I'll tell you, and I've said it, there's two guys who reminds me of with Auburn ties. Um, the first one's Mike Berry. He reminds me of Mike Berry in that if you look at Mike Berry, you go, I don't know. I mean, you know, he's big. He looks good. And then you put him on the field and you go, holy cow, that guy's really athletic. Same thing. And the other one is Tyrone Green. Now, Tyrone Green had a little bit longer arms, um, wasn't as tall, but Tyrone Green – he sunk down and got his hands on somebody he was over with. That's who DeAndre Carter is. You're like, man, if he gets his hands on the guy, it's lights out, game over. And those are two guys that turned out to be pretty good guys at the guard position for Auburn. So that's kind of a couple of comparisons for me for him. Hey, Jason, um, man, God bless, God bless his soul. But at this age – who would you think weighed more, him or Monrico Crittenden? Um, I remember Monrico in high school. Um, pro- Monrico was probably a little bigger. Okay. Um, Monrico was a guy. Monrico was a guy that was probably three 
fifty three fifty five something like that, mm-hmm. um, and never could get it over the hump. You know, back down. I, I I'm I've, I've lived it my whole life. I understand it is really difficult. It's fun. It's not funny, but it is almost. I would say it's ninety percent, ninety five percent. The guys that come in that have to gain weight when they get done on especially offensive line. You have to bulk up and you have to do all you can to weigh 300 pounds. Five years later, those guys weigh 225 because mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're not eating like they were, but they, they're still living, their metabolism still there. On the other side, the guys that have to try to hold the weight down and do that, normally they just get bigger and bigger because all of a sudden they're not, they're not moving as much as they were before. It's an unfortunate part of life, but yeah, I think – Monrico was a was a little bit bigger than DeAndre, um, um, probably a little bit taller too. But he was a little bit a little bigger, but probably a little bit different body style too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Other guys in San Antonio, Kensley Faustin um, had a pretty good week. We talked to some of the guys that were around him, and they spoke really highly of him. Unfortunately, the only one on one rep we got to see of Kensley going on in practice, he got matched up. Obviously, Kensley's a free safety. He got matched up against Jeremiah Smith, who's the number one player in the country. Um, and we figured out why he's the number one player in the country. It didn't take very long um, to identify that. Imagine Cam Coleman at about 25, 30 pounds, maybe a little worse ball skills in terms of identifying it in the air, but, but a lot twitchier. He is a He's a, a running back style twitch but a guy that's 6'3", 225, playing wide receiver. Um, I think I think Ohio State, this guy's a freshman All-American next year. I mean, they they got got one receiver coming back. He's absolutely going to be a guy that's going to be on the field right away, in my opinion. Uh, but, yeah, he was fun. We, we, need to mention, we need to mention our uh, – Amaris Williams. Yes, he was yep. really good. Um, exceptional athlete, quick, explosive, already on campus. Amaris Williams it will play – as a true freshman, in my opinion. Yeah. And then the last one in San Antonio was Demarcus Riddick. Um, his athleticism always stands out at the linebacker position. He uh, tipped the pass in the game, which led to an interception. And the other thing that stuck out to me, too, was he sprained his thumb really early in the week. Um, when we talked with the head coach of the East team, and he said, look, in these all-star games, a lot of guys, even something as small as that, they're done for the week. They're calling it a day. Demarcus had just left Auburn Bowl practice to come out there he just gets it taped up and he goes right back out there to practice and to have fun and go and play. So that was that was something that was noteworthy to me. Um, yep. So a fun couple of weeks out there on the road. Glad to be back. Glad to be back here on the show. Dukes, any final thoughts um, from you before we close it out? No, nah, man, everybody just uh, be careful with all this crazy weather coming, right? Yes. Make sure you drip your faucets. Um, I can tell you that coming from Montana, this is my kind of weather now. Uh, I've been prepared for these days, but y'all make sure to stay safe out there. Stay warm tomorrow. Uh, We will catch you guys. We'll do something again next week. Not sure exactly when, but we'll definitely do something. Last second question in the chat from Orion. Is Perry Thompson early enrollee? No, he is not. He will be here in May or June whenever those guys report. It's him, DeAndre Carter, Amon Langanis, and Malcolm Simmons, the four guys. And Dimitri Nicholas, if he signs, would be five that will enroll in the summer. Um, Everybody else already here. Everybody else here. And go through workouts. Here in classes, learning how to ride their scooters for the first time. We yes, we got to watch uh, <laughs> we got to watch scooter practice the other day with Cam Coleman and uh, Dylan Gentry, uh, the two Phoenix City kids who got in their scooters and uh, now they were practicing. So they were 
zipping up and down the parking lot a few times. So everybody stay safe on your scooters for your young freshmen now in college. There you go. So we will catch you guys again next week. Really appreciate everyone that was here live and asking questions in the chat. That makes a lot of fun. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube, make sure to do that down below. Totally free. Doesn't cost you anything. If you're listening to this later as a podcast, um, appreciate it. We would love a good review if you enjoyed it. And we will catch you guys next week for another episode.